Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. I'm part of the click, isn't everybody? <laughs> yes! 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 I, I got an idea, yeah. Peter John Cena! Give me a hell yeah! I pull a little bit of the bubbly. Too sweet! <laughs> oh, this is where the power episode is scheduled for one fall, and it is for your listening pleasure. This is In The Click. What's up, everybody? Baby Huey here, and sitting right next to me is my brother, Tommy. How's it going, Tommy? Hey, what's up? And once again, our good brother from Pro Wrestling 101, it's Richard. How's it going, Richard? Good moment, fellas. Good moment. <laughs> I like that. Okay, a little, di- little bit different there. Let's uh, <laughs> have good morning. We are kind of recording. It's somewhat, well, I guess it's morning for Tommy and stuff. For me, normally, like, uh, this it time of the day, it's 1232 like, right now. It's lunchtime for me. So, But here we are the day after NXT TakeOver 30. And this episode of In The Clicks going to be just dedicated to that. Just recapping and reviewing the big show last night. And uh, as always, please subscribe to In The Click on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google Podcasts, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at In The Click. And subscribe to us on YouTube as well. I noticed our numbers have been getting a little bit better there. That's awesome. We appreciate all the support. And yeah, like I said, this episode is going to be strictly NXT TakeOver 30 review. And as always, we're going to start big, kind of give our initial thoughts, and then we'll work our way down and recap and break down all the individual matches. And uh, all of this is all in preparation for the big weekend that is uh, SummerSlam weekend. So uh, a lot of stuff going on later on today. We will be watching SummerSlam, and we'll do a review for that as well. So thank you again to all the clicksters out there for the continuous support. So let's go ahead and just jump right into it. And Richard, what was your initial thoughts of uh, NXT TakeOver 30? And then, like I said, we'll go down to the matches afterwards. I felt like this is the best show of the quarantine of any company. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the action was, was just so, like, loud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, I, I know that the, the people around the ring, uh, the fans in attendance are NXT trainees, but, man, it was loud, and you could tell that they were into it. It wasn't just, like, directions from people saying, be extra loud. I, I also think it probably helps them that now that they're doing this Thunderdome thing that people have time to like not do this every single day or multiple mm-hmm. hours in a day. So yeah. uh, the energy just felt like, you know, I didn't feel like we were in quarantine. I felt like we were watching a takeover. So I was, I was very, very pleased with it. Okay. Good to hear that. Tommy, how about yourself? What was your initial, just overall thoughts on this episode of NXT takeover? Um, it, the the theatrics of it looked really good um uh, the presentation overall was uh pretty good okay cool good to hear that i, I will admit for me i was 
it felt a little flat for me and i'm being i'm just trying to be honest here it there were some matches that were really good some matches i think just didn't deliver to all the hype i will say that um and this mat or this event i felt suffered a little bit from not having the fans there and I'll get into that as we break into it. But like I said, Richie, you brought up a good point. The the trainees and the other NXT people around the ring uh, did their best to kind of keep the energy up and going. Shot, shout out to Shotzi Blackheart. I heard her, her scream oh throughout yes. the night. And you can tell it's her. She has a, a unique scream. It, it, it's uh, <laughs> it's like uh, ear shattering, like a... I don't know how to do it properly. Like she, she just—it's it, a heavy metal scream. Yeah, it's like a metal core, like like a cat scream. I don't know. I don't want to butcher. Did you hear uh, Bailey was saying something? To, <laughs> yes. Was it to Bronson Reed? Didn't he call him like big boy or something like that? Well, I think that was shot. He kept saying thick boy, shot, thick boy, thick, thick boy, thick boy. Okay, thick I thought. Boy. Yeah, I know. I heard Bailey say something, and so yeah, there, that, that was the other thing too. It was very cool throughout the night. We saw members of Raw and SmackDown down there as tommy just mentioned bailey and sasha were there cesaro drew mcintyre came up uh was up in the the, uh, the announce booth the announce booth um and so yeah no overall it was still an entertaining show but there was aspects of it that were a little bit different than what i'm used to from a, a, a normal nxt takeover and like i said we'll go down individual matches overall i felt the presentation felt like a prize fight in boxing. Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think for the main event, that was the goal going into that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like you said, th- there were moments that was like awesome. And there were some moments I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of not what I'm used to from an NXT takeover. And I don't know if that's just part of just the, the evolution the NXT is trying to go towards. And maybe trying. And I, I was looking at some of the comments online and stuff, and people were thinking NXT is kind of evolving maybe more to a more of a mainstream appeal versus what's been up until this point, which is kind of like a, a mixture of like independent wrestling athletes. I think those those might be new fans to NXT because <laughs> <laughs> like like the only thing the only thing I, I thought was a little flat but it was still good was uh Balor and Thatcher mm-hmm. like to me that didn't feel like a takeover match it was good don't get me wrong yeah. but it didn't feel it didn't have I rather I would rather have the NXT tag team titles be defended and have that match on the show. Exactly. And that's something I feel like in the last couple months, the NXT tag team division's kind of falling apart a little bit. It's a little weak right now. Especially, I mean, obviously since uh, Pete Dunne has been able to be there and obviously him and Riddle, their time as a tag team champions kind of fell apart pretty quickly, unfortunately, because of the pandemic and they try to move on to Imperium and then Imperium's hardly been, they've been off and on there. So yeah, the tag team division, which normally is like this great part of NXT, has been able to shine as much during this pandemic era. And I, I guess okay. They, they all, that division always seems to to drop a bit when they take it, like one or two tag teams and put them on the main roster. Yeah, and you know, unfortunately, uh, you know they took the Forgotten Sons and they took Riddle mm-hmm. and Pete Dunne's left in, overseas. Yeah, till September seventeenth. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. That's true. That that was the other thing. So another big announcement. So yeah. Besides all the superstars in attendance, it was also announced that uh, NXT UK is coming back September seventeenth. And that's something we talked about on this show. What was it last month? Whatever. When Triple H had his press conference or media call announcing that yeah, NXT UK is sticking around 
They're trying to figure out how to get new shows up and going again. And now it's official. They are going to have new episodes coming September 17th. And I'm trying my best to kind of start watching those on the regular. I will admit, between all the wrestling that we watch and talk about, there's just not enough hours in the day and the week to to watch even NXT UK. I just more watch their takeovers. And that's about it. But I want to support them and watch more of that stuff. I'm just a big fan of Walter. So hopefully, finally get to see Walter in action again. And hopefully... And I'm kind of curious, maybe Imperium in the near future, are they going to drop the NXT Tag Championships and maybe go back to NXT UK? I don't know. That's we'll, we'll discuss that maybe later. You know, see how this plays out. Uh, I, I guess okay. What I'm getting back as far as the evolution of NXT for me, and I think all of us, you guys feel, uh, please feel free to jump in as far as what we expect from an NXT Takeover, as far as is has now developed this reputation at least from what i was watching regularly like in 2018 2019 this it's a it's a build up a culmination of like months of storylines being built up and played out as you say tom like a big fight feeling each match is very important it's to settle the score between major rivalries and it's hard hitting. It's very athletic. It's stuff that you see over in New Japan, stuff that maybe that you know, was inspired like in Ring of Honor back in the day. And you see like a lot of false finishes and the crowd reacting and jumping into every moment. And it's just like you said, hard hitting. It also felt like a Starcade event. Yeah, too. over the top wrestling and just guys laying it all out there. And that's what made it, I think, separate itself very differently than what you might see on Raw or SmackDown. Raw or SmackDown definitely has more of that mainstream style and delivery of these like over-the-top characters and gimmicks and more that focus on the entertainment side of things versus maybe the actual just wrestling and so i was just kind of noticing just people's reaction after this takeover that you saw some more of that style kind of bleed into this takeover versus maybe what we're used to seeing at a previous takeover version so it's just an interesting observation i'm not saying it's good or bad one or the other It's just something I want to keep my eye on if moving forward, will NXT takeovers start more more evolving to more of like a a similar style you might see at a WWE type pay-per-view or will they kind of go back to what we see, what we're so used to with the NXT takeover. So like I said, we'll we'll, we'll go into that as we break down these matches here. So um, the first match I guess you want to call of the night was on the pre-show. It was the triple threat uh, tag champ or tag matches. Uh, tag teams combining, uh, fighting for the number one contendership. We saw Brizango, we saw Legado del Fantasma, and uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burge. Uh, Richard, what was your initial takeaways from the pre-show match? Didn't watch it. Oh, you didn't watch it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Uh, I, for me, I, I enjoyed it. It was a good way just to get the crowd. Well, no, excuse me. I'm so used to saying get the crowd going. It was get the the people inside. Uh, full sale going, but also get for us, at, yeah, us at home watching, just get the crowd, uh, us at home fired up. Uh, very fun. Uh, I was a little surprised that Breezango got the win here and they're going to take on Imperium again. Yeah. Cause didn't they just have a matchup not too long ago? I was kind of predicting that maybe, uh, only Lorcan and Danny Birch were going to win because mm-hmm. they kind of been going back and forth with Imperium lately, but they haven't actually like a, a full on match yet, if I remember correctly. No. So I thought, oh, this is kind of finally will set up that matchup between the two teams. And Legado del Fantasma, while I expect big things for them in the weeks and months to come, that was a little premature for them to 
maybe get a title shot right away. I feel like they need to build them up a little bit more as this threat of a new faction. Uh, but nonetheless, Breeze Angle got the win here. And I mean, I, 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 I'm excited. I still think Legado del Fantasma, I'm glad they didn't eat the pin here. So they can, uh, uh, even though they lost on paper, they still look strong in defeat here in this situation. So I still expect them to, uh, Eventually, I hope they be in the tag uh, tag title hunt pretty soon, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win it eventually. And then that adds to their stable as far as they got all the gold as far as the NXT Cruiserweight Championship with Santos, and then uh, they have the tag title. So I, I I still think they're a work in progress of building up as this badass faction. So yeah, uh, we jump ahead to the main show for the night, which we saw Richard as you mentioned, uh, Finn Balor taking on Timothy Thatcher, and this kind of came together kind of quickly. As we saw at uh, this week's episode of NXT, the big overbooked uh, finish for the night where everyone came out to the ring and was fighting each other. All the members of the who's going to be in the ladder match. And then Timothy Thatcher came out from behind, attacked Finn Balor. And then like the next day was it was announced like, oh, yeah, it's an extra match added to the night. So not a lot of buildup, per se, from a storyline standpoint. But nonetheless, I think a lot of people were just excited because these are just two. I think I would have been a little happier if if they didn't announce it, you know, like Balor came out and demanded that Thatcher come out and face him. Yeah. Or, then, or, or vice versa. Yeah. Like a fall, but like, Hey, or yeah, I can see Finn come out. It's like, Hey, you, you attacked me on NXT. I demand a match right now. I take over. But so yeah, Richard, what was your initial just takeaways from this match for the night? I thought it was a good match. I thought it was just a regular NXT TV match, you know, like, like it, it, it could have made evented a, a, a TV show, but, uh, it wasn't up to takeover standards for mm-hmm. me, so it's it's not one I'll remember in a few months. Like, you know, yeah. it was fine. There was um, everything else in the show was better than it. Yeah. But, uh, to start the show, I guess it was good. Yeah, I, no. I'm not I'm not hating this match. I I thought it was a good match. I just it just uh, you know expect a little bit more from Balor and uh, my God, whenever he does the the double stop, it looks so ugly. i'm with you as far as this match was a little bit of a different presentation that we've seen out of finn finn is a little bit more like the high flying and his versions of like very much these power spots and this match became a lot more technical obviously you're working a match with timothy thatcher that's the type of match he he's known for so it was very interesting to see finn work that style as well so maybe for him it was a nice change of scenery so I, I, but the match for the most part, yes, it was like uh, uh, each putting each other in different like submission holds, stretch holds, and a lot of stop and go, stop and go. And so sometimes for me, that I don't want to say boring is the word, but like sometimes it can be like, all right, where's this going? It's like rest hold after rest hold, submission hold after submission hold. It was pretty redundant. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, let's like, kind of get this going, and finally. The second half, that's where it started picking up as far as Finn was attempting the uh, the double stop or what, what's the proper way? The gunacra or the coup de gras coup de gras. And he like hurt looking at one of his legs. And that's when Timothy was like, oh, there, that's his opening. Started working on that leg. That's that's where I started to feel like 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 I don't know why that story was being told at the end of the match. if They weren't going to do more with it. Yeah. You know, like like the match probably could have gone another five minutes and. Thatcher could have tried to work the leg a little more to tell that story, but mm-hmm. like that might be where it fell flat for me. Is like, why are you selling the leg if you're if you just won? You know, like 
and he didn't get jumped after the match or anything yeah. like that. So it just it didn't feel like now your leg hurts, but the match is done. Yeah, and so I, I for me, like when unless he legit hurt his leg, so yeah, it, it, it was it, it was interesting because like Timothy Thatcher, I think a lot of people love him. Obviously, his history in the independent scene, what he's done over in Europe, and his style is very unique, and it, it's it, it's different. Than what I think we're used to, especially like on the WWE roster side of things. So see Finn have to work a little bit of a different style to counter his uh, Timothy Thatcher style of wrestling. That what's made it interesting and different than we're used to seeing out of Finn. But yeah, at best it that it served its purpose as far as an opening match goes, and or as you say, it could easily be done on an episode of NXT. So not a lot of build up there. So I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool little opener here. I guess Richard, let me ask you this. I'm just kind of curious, what is Timothy Thatcher's ceiling within WWE? And I ask that because, like... I, I get I get why you're asking. You it. get what I'm she saying? Because, like, okay... Like, stylistically, I, I, it's yeah, different than yeah. everyone. Because, like, listen, I, I heard Timothy Thatcher do an interview whenever it was, and he said, like, growing up, he was a big fan of Fit Finley, and Fit Finley, you know, is very known for his technical wrestling skills, which is awesome, you look at guys like him, also guys like William Regal, who are known for that style. But nonetheless, it's like especially like Fit Finley, at best on WWE, he was a lower mid-card guy. And so I wonder with Timothy Thatcher, while all of us were super excited, say, yeah, he signed with NXT, it's going to be awesome. But the more I think about it, I was like, what is long-term, what's his potential success within WWE? Like, what, like I said, what's his ceiling within WWE. I mean, obviously, on NXT, NXT is probably much better for him than like Raw or SmackDown for his style because, like, as I said earlier, NXT is known for more of its wrestling. But even still, let's say if he's on NXT for a couple years, if he eventually does move over to Raw or SmackDown, could he be... Uh, could he evolve into something bigger? I mean, I don't know if he can ever be maybe a world champion per se, but you know what I mean? I'm just kind of curious, what's his long-term appeal within WWE? And I wonder if fans will really gravitate towards him i think he could be used to someone the way they use bob Backlund in 93 okay like you you could have him come in to be the guy who's maybe even just a transitional world champion you know he wins the belt to get the belt off of one baby face so the other baby face can get it off of him yeah uh because he is he is legit i mean so that, that's mm-hmm. the thing like of all the guys in that company in all of wwe he's one of the more like that guy could probably win a fight with just about anyone type of people. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, I mean, he looks like a killer. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. it's like, um, I, and I think Vince probably more so than anyone that works in WWE might even see that over, uh, anyone else because Vince's, Vince's dad had Bob Backlund as his world champion for four or five years. Mm-hmm. And, and then Vince Adam is this world champion. So, I, I, you know, people don't give Vince enough credit, but that kind of style Vince has seen probably more than anyone that works there on yeah. a more legitimate basis. Yeah. Back back when they made those guys the champions because they didn't want someone to shoot and steal a victory on the world champions. So mm-hmm. in the ter- territory days, they used to do that. You, you would make the toughest guy your world champion in case someone tried to steal a belt. <laughs> so, the, yeah, no, I'm glad 
you said that because, like I said, I'm watching Timothy Thatcher. And sorry, not to go on this whole Timothy Thatcher side topic here discussion, but I was just watching this and I'm like, okay, it's been cool seeing him on NXT now. I just wonder, like, long term, what's he at his ceiling within WWE? Because sure, he can go, you know, what he was doing before in the independents and Europe. I mean, it was awesome because, you know, independence, you know, in your smaller rooms and you're playing. He doesn't fans. feel like a WWE guy. That's the thing. Like, yeah. but he doesn't feel like a guy that you could pin pigeonhole into one company. Like I don't, he's, he's such an enigma to me Yeah, because of his style, his mm-hmm. look, his attitude, like maybe the fact that he doesn't fit in anywhere makes him fit in. You know what I mean? Like he's so different than everyone else that, that that's what separates him. It's kind of like when you go back to the attitude era, like when, when Jericho and Benoit and the radicals came into WWE, mm-hmm. no one was wrestling a technical style like that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you have someone come in or people come in that like flip the company. Yeah. It, it's just interesting to me because I'm just, I'm watching this and you know, he's floated around and appeared in many promotions for, for years and when you play like in some of those smaller rooms, you're able to do like submission hold after submission hold and then slap, slap that he does. And then like, you know, European uppercut, then another submission hold and then slap the chest, slap and the slap the chest again. So his style can play into like a small room. But yeah, I was wondering. Style demands a lot of selling. Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely who you work with as well to, to put you over as a performer. But yeah, I was wondering like you could, his style and I'm just thinking outside the box. Could yeah, help uh, put over like a WrestleMania type crowd in a football stadium. So anyway, that's just something I think about when I watch Timothy Thatcher now because we've been lucky enough to see him in person. You know, here in the Bay Area with APW, and then see him on NXT. He's, now. he's from Sacramento, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's a Sacramento guy. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him. Uh, Last summer, the summer before, like one of the last warp tours at Shoreline, I saw him walking around and I was like, and I was working, like I was filming a segment for work and Timothy Thatcher walked by and I was like, get ready to drop the microphone and just start running after him and be like, you're Timothy <laughs> Thatcher. But I was like, oh, I, I was in the middle of something. I could not get away. But like, and he walked out. I was like, oh, dude, Timothy Thatcher likes punk rock and whatnot. It's like, oh, I want to go talk to him. Or I should have filmed the segment with him. But anyway, if I ever see him, I, that's, that'll be my one story for him. But anyway, that's just <laughs> something to think about. And, you know, I definitely keep my eye moving forward, just what Timothy Thatcher's direction is with NXT. So, but nonetheless, yeah, solid just opening match to get the ball rolling for the night. And then jump ahead to the big ladder match, the five-man ladder match for the vacant North American Championship. We saw, uh, was it, uh, Damian Priest. We saw uh, 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 Cameron Grimes, <laughs> Johnny, oh. Johnny Gargano, uh, Velveteen Dream, and Bronson Reed all make their way to the ring. And, uh, yeah, a very fun second match. Uh, Richard, what was your initial thoughts on this uh, ladder match? for the night uh this this was a, a very impressive ladder match mm-hmm. and cameron grimes is extra cameron grimes in this match <laughs> like i i'm sitting there and i'm watching it and i'm kind of like looking at my phone a little bit and then every couple seconds i'm hearing cameron grimes say something you know, <laughs> to the moon to the moon <laughs> Or I hear him screaming or making his his crying noises, and it's just like every time I'm just like giggling to myself. Yeah, like oh my god, this this guy. Uh, we we forgot to mention 
the show was uh, Corey Gray's Beth Phoenix and Vic Joseph. Mm. Sorry, that's so the other thing I was going to get to. It yeah, was yeah. kind of hilarious for me to hear Corey Graves experience Cameron Grimes for the first time <laughs> because Corey was just like making like, uh, uh, you know, hill people jokes about uh, Cameron Grimes. And then as Cameron kept making these noises, Corey just kept giggling. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. He's having the same feelings I am towards this. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. I'm glad you brought the commentary because I was I was going to mention that with with all the superstars we saw there, um, and also the announcement of NXT UK. Uh, yeah, different commentary group tonight. And also, before I forget, real quick, uh, bef- since it's on my head, they also announced Tommaso Ciampa is coming back this Wednesday. So exciting stuff there, and I guess kind of maybe puts down some of the rumors that he's going to be part of uh, Redemption. So thank God. Ooh, he- I- I got I got a question for you considering uh, there was an announcement all day that William Regal was going to be on the show. Did I miss something? What did you see Regal? I saw him. uh, Didn't he greet Pat McAfee coming in? I think on the pre was the pre show. So I was bouncing back and forth. But the pre show, uh, Pat McAfee and his crew were coming in and and, uh, William Regal greeted them, if I remember correctly. That, That was it. I think so. That was it. That's all I saw of him. He was pretty uh, hands off this this takeover as far as his presence goes. But uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited. Champa coming back this Wednesday, so he's, we haven't seen him in a couple months since he lost to Cross at uh, In Your House. And uh, but yeah, the commentary it was different. Yeah, it was Vic Joseph and Corey Graves on site inside uh, Full Sail, and then Beth Phoenix working remotely again from home. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, Tommy, do you happen to know it was Morrow doing something else yesterday? He's in Canada. He's in Canada. Just uh, he's with home? family. That, okay, that, that's the, that's the report. So, okay. you know, I, with quarantine, you know, <laughs> travel and whatnot. I, that that travels probably uh, a bitch. And if you have access to grab someone that's local, I think that's probably the easiest explanation because he's off of social media now. So who uh, uh, Morrow again? Oh no. Oh, well, he's been off since the last uh, whatever. But, so, so, but I, I, I always, I always worry. Like when he goes off social media, it's because people he's staying off now. Apparently, okay, he, okay. I just get worried because you know, obviously, with his mental issues, which he's been very vocal about, you know, stupid trolls out there who try to harass him on social media, it just kind of adds fuel to whatever he's going through, and, and he doesn't deserve that. So. When he's yeah, off... like like Tommy, right? <laughs> no, Tommy. Tommy's shaking his head. No, so so, but no, no, but anyway, when Morrow, if it helps his you know mental well being by staying off social media, it's all for that. So that's good. So I I was I was very pleased with this announcing team. You know, like yeah, <laughs> it was nice to watch a takeover where I wasn't being screamed at. <laughs> and that's the thing. Vic Joseph is kind of like a one eighty as far as he's very calm. He's he you know he's very polished and he doesn't have like an overpowering voice. It's yeah, he's he's Michael Cole and Joey Styles' love child. <laughs> That's a good comparison. But I will admit, dude, though, dude, like watching this, I I miss Nigel still. Like I know we I talked know. about it before. <laughs> I mean, Corey Graves, you know, he's come a long way and he's he's one of the the good commentators now. But still, I I still miss Nigel. Like he'll how, be back. He'll be back. Hopefully, fingers soon. Fingers crossed soon. I, 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 you know, I was kind of hoping maybe they could 
take Beth off and put Nigel and then Corey Graves. Like, how cool would be, yeah, Corey Graves and Nigel going at it with Vic in the middle. <laughs> Vic's trying to, like, he's Mr., you know, clean-cut, goody-two-shoes. Like, stop it, you two. Stop fighting. Or, but anyway, maybe down the road we can get that. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but, yeah, back to the ladder match. Uh, Tommy, how about yourself? What was kind of your initial takeaways from this ladder match? Um you know, I just liked how um, Cameron Grimes did, like, the Jean-Claude Van Damme splits across the two ladders, <laughs> yes. you know, and Priest later did, like, a springboard kick that yep. tripped Dream off the ladder. Yeah. Know, oh, and, how and, about that Candice LeRae? Uh, oh, yeah. Lana. Oh, my God. Yeah. That uh, had me so nervous because Johnny looked like he, <laughs> he is a little concussed. And then he's grabbing her hand and helping her, like, oh, my God, I hope he doesn't drop her. I hope he doesn't drop her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's... <laughs> when, yeah, when yeah. she tried to interfere, you know, late in the match on behalf of, you know, of her husband, Gargano, and she grabbed Grimes off the ladder <laughs> and, um, and then beat... Beat on him for a bit before Gargano took him out, you know, with the ladder, and then, oh, and then it there was like, a, it looked like Grimes was going to take a swing at her, and then <laughs> yeah, and then he, he just, used his best judgment. Yeah, he used his best judgment, and then the whole um, when she tried to interfere again with Bronson Reed, you know, she, you know when Bronson splashed on Gargano with Larray on his. <laughs> Back, back yeah that, the piggyback was, frog splash yeah i mean it was kind of like a bit of a courtesy for him just to not squash her but have him on have her on his back yeah. you know kind of just play it safe so that's what i was gonna say so the ladder match like my hat's off to everyone involved because anyone anytime you're in a ladder match dude you're putting your body on the line for you know it, it's not an easy match to participate in just just the amount of bumps you got to take and like you're, you're usually got to fall from a higher higher level than what you're used to and and that's the thing that's what i was going back to earlier it's like this match, obviously, if a crowd was there, they would have been like going crazy, feeding off. And I think and this is something well, <laughs> like, I mean, it just sucks that a crowd cannot be there to participate and like enjoy it, slash, just add, add like their energy to it all. There was elements to this match, though, that I will say was in their advantage that there wasn't a crowd there because of how often people were getting smashed against the. Uh, the sneeze guard, I'll call it. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> yeah, the sneeze guard. And and that that spot with uh, at the end with Velveteen Wait, Dream yes. blasting, like I don't know why we didn't see like six or seven different angles of that or or replays because when that happened, I jumped. Like I was, what yeah. the fuck just happened? So, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. No, because of the crowd not being there, that spot with Velveteen Dream was able to happen. Normally, yeah, if the crowd was there, they wouldn't be able to do that, <laughs> or they could have maybe if they planned in the right spot, like maybe in the rampway with tables there versus. But well, especially because of the way he they did it, because he he had his feet on the ropes. Yeah, so it looked like an accident, and mm-hmm. it was just like, oh no. <laughs> So, <laughs> so to, to and I mean to Velveteen Dream's credit and his athleticism that he was able to control himself and his balance to step on that top rope and then springboard himself off that into the tables which yeah. were many feet away. So kudos to for Velveteen to to 10, 12 feet yeah. yeah to sell that spot and make it what it was. But yeah, you're right. 
I, w- I thought they were going to show multiple camera angles on that. Like, you know, should I replay a few more times? But obviously that's what did it for him. And that's what eliminated him from the match as far as what the finish was not too soon after. But yeah, with this ladder match, I mean, that that's the thing. It, it's more of like all these uh, major spots that, you know, we were all just highlighting, talking about just now. Uh, I'll just say this. It was, I, I think we talked about it before, like early on, early prediction was, you know, I think, we were all kind of favoring Damian Priest just because of the momentum he's had going, the way they've been kind of building him up. And I think to really sell the the next stage of his career or what the evolution of this character was going to be like, he's Mr. Partier and he wants to live forever. In order to live forever, he needs to be successful and, and he needs a title, I think, to kind of... Uh, move forward that that storyline of what his gimmick is all about. So it, it made sense for him to win the championship here. Um, I mean, early on, I didn't think Velveteen or Johnny had a chance to win because they are former champions. I think just more of their namesake and bringing some uh, uh, eyeballs to this match as far as the, the big-name veterans being added to this match. I think that was their purpose. Uh, but, dude... Uh, I mean, a part of me thought Cameron Grimes. I thought he was going to steal it there at the very yeah, end. Like there were times yeah. I, I did too. Just Cameron Grimes, like sneaky one out, and I laughed so hard when he pulled that little little ladder out in the beginning of the match. He's like, <laughs> "What's this fire? Who's this? What's?" This? I was like, "Oh my, that's so funny." Uh, Bronson Reed, though, let's give it up for him. As Tommy, as you said, the frog splash with Candice LeRae on his back, coming out with the Bam Bam Bigelow inspired outfit, the jacket and the ring gear. Oh, so good. And even though he lost here, this was a really big moment to, to, um, it was a big selling point that he's, he's here to stay and he's going to, I think, going to get a big push very soon. Yes. So it was very cool seeing him. He had some great spots there. So, like I said, kudos to everyone for working their ass off. And despite a crowd not being there, like this is similar to what was it, WrestleMania? Was it WrestleMania or, uh, like the New Day? And, you know, they had the ladder and the Miz and Morrison, they had the ladder match. At WrestleMania, and obviously, oh yeah, 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 the three-way ladder match. Yeah, and it's tough doing a ladder match without a crowd there because it's like you're taking all these big bumps for no one in attendance to cheer you on. So I sympathize with that, but obviously, you're still playing to the people at home watching on TV. I get that, but nonetheless, uh, very similar uh, uh, feeling here watching these guys work their ass off. I mean, I don't think it was as good as Tommy the ladder match that we saw for the North American Championship in New Orleans a couple yeah, years ago. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, this was awesome and still very entertaining. So, yeah. uh, and congrats to Damian Priest. And like <laughs> Richard, you posted that that photo. His, 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 whenever someone new wins a championship in NXT, Triple H has to take you know that 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 courtesy photo of him pointing to the winner, the champion, and Damian Priest. Later on the night, McKenzie was trying to interview him. He put his gear in the in his car. Yeah. <laughs> and they had that hot tub waiting yeah, for him he's out like, there. If you wanna you want my reaction, you gotta follow me and party. And sure yeah. enough, there's a there's a hot tub outside of full sail. Two hot chicks in it. Yeah, and yeah then, Brandy Lauren and uh, uh, uh Jamie Jameson. Jamie Jam- and and just Bottles of champagne everywhere, you know? And it's he just, jumps They in, were popping off. You he know? jumped in the hot tub with his gear on still and the boots. Yeah. I was like, what? The first, my first thought when I saw that is those pants are ruined. Yo, totally. <laughs> and then and then it's like, you know, he, those were probably made specifically for this takeover. And then, boom, they're one and done. Oh, yeah. And I also made the funny. <laughs> they should probably, you know, at next year's access, like WrestleMania access, they should have his <laughs> pants like still fully soiled, like just hanging up from the night or something. But I was just gonna say this. My one concern is as soon as he jumped, you know, he started drinking the champagne and he jumped in the water in the hot tub. 
the the splash you know the water hit the title and i was like no don't get the title wet like i was kind of concerned like the leather and then later oh, on fine. and then later on we saw the photo with triple h and and damien priest in the hot tub and the part of the title is in the water i was like no don't get it soaking wet i i kind of made a funny joke about his outfit damien priest's outfit it's like i tweeted like did he get lost on the way to a bdsm orgy or something <laughs> It's uh you know it's a very risky bondage look. Bondage slash rocker like it's almost like him and Rhea Ripley shop I oh that's what it was. I was thinking Hot did, he, did he take Rhea Ripley's pants for the night? Or <laughs> so no you, you, but you know the chick on the left is uh Joey Janela's girlfriend. Oh. Man, I heard that too. It's like dude, Joey Janela Dude, he Jelly, ha- Jelly Janela. Jelly Nutella. He, he has her, but before that he had Penelope Ford, like <sighs> How's that Fuck guy? Him. How's he pulling in <laughs> these girls? Like, yeah, look at him. I know, like, no, that's the guy. But like, I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying I'm some like stud or anything. But I see. It's like, dude, how's he getting all these pulling in these 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 babes, dude? So kudos to him and uh, Jamie Jameson. She's been working independently for a while, right? Like, she's a. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. She's a shimmer girl and and uh, rise and and like you know, I, women's wrestling. And yeah, like she's, uh, if you follow on social media, she's always following or hanging out with fellow like NXT people and stuff. He's, she's been on NXT a number of times too, just uh, as enhancement talent. Yeah. She's, she's a good wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, you know, by them being around, maybe they're trying to work their way into getting NXT eventually. So, sure. you know, fingers crossed for them. And then jump ahead to the third match of the main show. It was one I think we're all looking forward to. Adam Cole, baby, taking on Pat McAfee in uh, the celebrity match of the night. Uh, Richard, man, what was your uh, thoughts of this this match here? Uh, On a scale of uh, David Arquette to Ronda Rousey, Pat (laughs) McAfee is a Ronda Rousey. That was an unbelievable performance. It was a match match. I had no expectations coming into, and it, it delivered big time. Big, yeah. big, big time. He, Pat McAfee, if if Randy Orton wasn't having the tear that he's on this year, Pat McAfee could easily be the best heel of 2020. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, he comes out and cu- cuts that heel promo on his way out. His work was great. Mm-hmm. He was such a cocky dick. He's It's like everything the Miz wish he could do. So, <laughs> and I like the Miz. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like he just does that swarm, swarmy dick thing so he, good. Dude, and he's, he has a face that you just want to slap. Like, you look at his so face. So does Adam, though. <laughs> yes. Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah. Adam Cole, when he smiles at someone, it's just like... God, that guy's an asshole. You just want to slap yeah. the piss out of him. But you look at you look at um um yeah, you look at Pat McAfee and it's the way he like smiles and like the imaging the images that they were using for the promos for this match. He was just he like, like the, he's like did, smiling. Did this, match, did this match and this is not just because it's a former pro athlete against a wrestler, but the build up to this, the the in ring, the video package all felt like WCW to me. Like big time. Like yeah. I just got like this WCW vibe out of it that okay. I haven't felt for a very long time. Yeah. It was just kind of like, and this is not more so like, like when Rodman came in than like Kevin Green. <laughs> Kevin um, Green. <laughs> but it was just like, I don't know. I was just like, this is, this is feels so different to me, but the same. 
Well, and that's a, well, that's what I'm saying. McAfee wrestles a lot better than Mongo. Mongo <laughs> <Yes. laughs> McMichael. But that, that's the thing. I, I mean, and kudos to NXT and Triple H and whoever. Like we say many times, what old is new? NXT knows how to recycle just old story beats in wrestling and apply it today. Like, there's no reason why you can't use stuff from the 70s, 80s, or even 90s and use it now. It's over 20 years ago now. And it's a whole new audience that a lot of these people are being exposed to for the very first time. So, yeah, if you get those WCW vibes, that's awesome. I mean, that that, that they they could totally do that and and use that. I mean, you know, WCW's been long gone now. So, you know, imagine how often do you see someone out heel Adam Cole? Right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> and that's something we talked about. I think before is like is undisputed era becoming babyface, or at least for this program. Or I, I is, think it was just for this program because, like, even even on. Um, uh nxt this week like when pat came out and cut that promo adam's just standing up there like with his dick in his hands and it, it's like there's a there's a moment i've heard talked about with triple h and the rock when it's the nation and dx mm-hmm. and it was before the rock really knew how to like defend himself on a microphone and triple yeah. h just ate him up and the rock standing out there like what like, what do I say? Yeah. So, like, that's what it felt like. But then Adam, like, comes back and, he, damn, just an impressive match. Like, that that uh, backflip that that uh, McAfee did. And then he jumps up. Like a box delivers. jump. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I guess. And then a suplex. Um, yes. Yeah. So he was but on the top he, rope with Adam. He did- owns a ring at his house, apparently, or his, his uh, job. And wasn't he? And, and he was been training with Rip Rogers. Rip Rogers, yes. Okay, so yeah. So Tommy, how about you? What were your kind of your, your highlights from this match? Just his athleticism was just amazing, and just the way he threw his workman punches were awesome. Yes, the, the, his punches were. His selling was so great. Good. He his didn't psych- look lost. His psychology yeah, looked great. It was smooth the whole time. Smooth transition in the ring. And and, and so that's the thing. I, and yeah, so a couple things. You know, remember early on in the match, his guys come out, Undisputed Air guys come out. They're all, you know, talking back and forth. Pat McAfee disappears. He's up on the top rope and does the swanton. That was all, terrific. Oh, my God. That was terrific. And then uh, also keep in mind, so... Um, uh, 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 yeah, like they were going from spot to spot and it was smooth, but even like, you know, Adam was kind of getting his offense in and Pat McAfee made a comeback and then even Pat McAfee was kind of mocking him. You know, he had him on his shoulders and he was doing squats. He's like, yeah, yeah, look at me. So the fact that as a heel, he was mocking Adam Cole and just the sport of pro wrestling was awesome. And, you know, at one point, as you said, he, he was on the top rope. He did a backflip. Ran back, box jumped back on top, and then did the suplex on Adam Cole. I was like, damn, that's, that's, you know, that's not easy. I mean, no. some of that, you know, that, that's, some of the stuff is like basic one on one when it comes to wrestling, like the lockup and stuff. But nonetheless, he sold it like he's been doing it for a long time. And then even, you know, he, he tried to use the punt. Mm-hmm. And he tried to kick Adam Cole and hit the stairs. I was like, "Cool, that's a good, that's a good spot there." He was like trying to use one of his strengths, and Adam Cole was able to counter it, and you know, and it, and he hurt himself. And Pat McAfee came back in, and they, they, you know, Adam Cole finally got the offense going again. And but yeah, the whole time I was just really impressed. Of, he this was a legit wrestling match, and it just looked very believable. And and kudos to I don't know. You know, hopefully, maybe down the road we'll get like a behind the scenes 
video documentary, a 24, whatever you want to call it, like behind the scenes explain how this match came together and the work that went into it and showing maybe Pat, Pat McAfee working out, how long he actually trained for. But you could tell, obviously, maybe this was well scripted. I mean, and, and, and maybe even give kudos to Adam Cole for... I'm sure maybe oh, he, he carried it. Yeah, he sure. carried it. Yeah. He sold it. He called probably most of it. And even the you know, kudos to the ref. Is it Drake? Um Younger. Yeah, yeah. He I mean, as a ref, you know, he's one of their more experienced refs that's been around for a long time now. So even for him, you could tell I'm sure he was helping Pat along the way, probably calling stuff. And so between yeah, Adam, the spots. Between Adam Cole and the ref, I think the two of them really helped Pat McAfee get through this match. And plus Yeah, but but I mean that's see, I, I do I agree that like you're you're absolutely right. Drake Younger and, and Adam Cole had a big part of that, but like Pat McAfee came ready. Oh yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, yeah, to like, me, Pat McAfee looked like he was wrestling for like ten years. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you you we've seen your David Arquette before David Arquette now, yeah. and and you know that that kind of range is like Jay Leno or. But like Pat, Pat came in, like I use Ronda Rousey as my example because Ronda mm-hmm. came like that WrestleMania when that match was over, I forgot there was the rest of the show. And that was halfway through a WrestleMania yeah. because that felt that felt like the main event. And we were done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pat, Pat brought that same feeling. We're like, oh, my God, this feels like a main event match. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like it over delivered. It was so good. Yep. Like. And if they use Pat going forward in WWE, I could see him without the same money deal, of course, but like as <laughs> something like a, a Brock Lesnar deal where every once in a while, once in a while he comes in uh, throughout the weeks to build the match. And then just as a pay, uh, takeover or main roster pay-per-view guy, because he was so damn impressive. Well, that's what I'm so, thinking. So damn impressive. Yeah, where do they go with him now? As far as like, does he still do the pre-show thing that he's done in the past? Because like, it'd be kind of hard to go back to that. Because he could be like, you know, co- co- doing the pre-show and be like, oh, these two guys are wrestling. Yeah, you, you saw what I do with Adam Cole. I could easily wipe the floor with these two. So like, yeah. moving yeah. forward, he has now a body of work that he could be like, oh, these two, these guys suck. I mean, I can easily kick their ass, and he actually has, you know, proof that he can work. So well, I just it- like. Can you go and back to that? To Tommy's point, like my one of my things with um, Gronkowski when they were going to bring him in is like uh, you could tell with some of the spots he was doing little tiny things. He's a little stiff. Yeah, Pat Pat didn't look stiff. Pat looked like a wrestler. Like yeah. he he he, the working punches were great. Mm-hmm. Throws better punches than Ambrose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, he just he didn't move like your typical athlete coming into this. Mm-hmm. He moved like a guy that's had, you know, a few matches under his wings and he hasn't. So yeah. very impressive. Mm-hmm. I just like, even, sp- even even with Rhonda, there was things that Rhonda did that looked pretty snug. Whether they were meant to look snug or not, there was like the arm bar takedown. Yeah, like, like the, the hip toss or like those. Yeah. yeah. And p- part of that might just be because they're judo throws that I'm not used to seeing on TV. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but back to Pat, he he looked so comfortable, and I don't know if he had been working out with uh, Adam the last couple of weeks doing this, but like they they were pretty damn good together. Totally, and, and by the way, nice tan from him as well, because he even said like I got a spray tan <laughs> for this. So I mean, Pat McAfee just basically made Adam Cole look like a fool. 
Yeah, in some way. Yeah, in yeah. Some ways. Yeah, yeah. As far as I mean, this it, it just even if he's not going to be a mainstay, it just made Cole look like he struggled more than he should have. Even if he did underestimate him. Yeah, it was amazing how much offense. Pat McAfee got into the former, quote, former NXT champion. I can see that. But he's a bigger, stronger athlete. Yeah, I mean, and I think they're trying to excel the point. He is a former NFL player, even though it's a punter. Punter. Nonetheless, it's a former NFL player. So in many ways, he's just as tough as any NXT superstar. I think that's the point they were trying to sell with that. Yeah, because I was a little taken. He's got a good size, too. And I was a little taken. He's bigger than. Adam Cole, so. yeah, definitely. Yeah, but everyone is besides Gargano. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, but nonetheless, it's gonna be interesting moving forward how Pat McAfee is gonna be keeping used on NXT, or yeah, maybe he can move over to WWE and challenge some of the guys over there. So, and I liked his outfit; it was like the jorts, and like a tank top. So I like how he didn't get like new. Uh, but he uh, had some wrestling shoes on. Yeah, and he had like the pad to say something his brand on it. Yeah, uh, for the brand. For the, yeah. brand. So, for the brand. But I like that he didn't went go get like custom gear made. He just wore like regular street clothes, the jorts. They weren't boots, but he was wearing. He had like wrestling Greco-Roman wrestling shoes. So you know. yeah, yeah. So moving forward, be like it's interesting to see what they use with him, and uh, hopefully it's one and done, and maybe Adam Cole can uh, move on. To It'd be interesting where Adam Cole goes with all this as well with NXT. So uh, jump ahead to uh, the next match of the night, which was for the Women's NXT Championship. Io Shirai, the champion, taking on Dakota Kai, and uh, definitely one of my favorites from the night. Richard, how about you? Uh, best match of the night. Yes. Yeah, that's what Tommy yes. was telling me off the air, too. That was too. my favorite match like, of the night. Like, midway, or the first half of that match, I was like, it's good. Mm-hmm. And then the last half of that match, it was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, it like, got I, better. I've, I've, I've been saying this for a long time. Dakota Kai is probably the best uh, all-around wrestler in, w- in wrestling. Like, Interesting. Her, okay. selling is, her selling is above and beyond everyone else's. Is she right uh, up there with Asuka? Yes. Okay. I okay. think she and Oscar could tear it down. Wow. I right. think the only thing that oh, holds wow. her back is maybe her look and size. Yeah, she's but but she's she's not as small as Candace. She's just it's just she looks skinny, but like But she's very athletic. She's, she's still, extremely tone, athletic. Tone, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's got that great um, attitude. Yeah. I love her moveset. Mm-hmm. Um and she's just believable the way she does things. Like part of that is because of her selling. Like she looks like she's struggling. She looks frustrated at points. Yeah, when she needs to look frustrated. Right. Um, that scorpion kick thing she does is awesome. Oh, that was great. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, it looked like Eo got fucked up at the beginning when she was trying to do that handspring thing. That might have been why the first. Yeah, it was like the multiple backflips. It looked yeah. like she yeah. slipped and yeah. land on her head. Yeah, and well, also it was I, a slight botch. I thought. Yeah, and because Dakota, she kind of looked like Dakota was trying to step out of the way and let. EO yeah, do her and the thing. referee was but like, she knows sold back. it and kept it moving. Yeah, you know? and then you know, EO to her credit, you know, she she got back up and then Dakota like waited a second, let EO collect herself, and then she went back in and then EO uh, knocked her down and started doing work on the leg again. So they quickly recovered pretty quickly. So I give them that. Uh, I was going to say for Dakota, like the first half, she was working on EO's arm a lot. And that was good as far as the psychology working on the arm and how that will affect the second half of the match, yeah. which we saw. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, dude, they worked their ass off. Just uh, Dakota Kai, you know, obviously using the various kicks in her arsenal to her advantage. And I was a little bit worried because, like, 
Okay, going into this, uh, Raquel has been off TV for a while, and Dakota was trying to sell the fact that she could do this on her own. And then on the Go Home show, we saw Raquel return, and it was like, oh, how's this going to affect the story here? And it's like, is Dakota, uh, you know, is she going to get involved in the match, and or could there be some wonky finish, and like uh, Raquel screws up, and Dakota gets mad, and that can ultimately break them up. But what we saw, yeah, it was... Um, Raquel get in there, or there was the, the the ref got knocked out from being hit by Dakota. <laughs> yes, that was dude, awesome, dude. That was a great hit. shout out to Tom Caster. He's a Bay Area guy who's ref for NXT now. He's <laughs> the guy that broke his ankle like I, yeah. real, real bad a year ago. So yeah. if you guys remember seeing a photo of a referee with his ankle dangling like Sid Vicious's leg and finish the match still and finish yeah. the match wow. yes. what a pro <laughs> totally and uh his brother's awesome his brother's still here locally and we see him at time to time from wrestling shows uh but yeah so, so he was knocked out Raquel gets in there you know lays out like a her version of a power bomb yeah. on Io Shirai yeah grabs Dakota throws her on there grabs the ref but then Io kicked out I'm like oh my god that like because I thought oh my god this is the 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 x-factor of Raquel getting involved and then um uh sure enough EO starts mounting the comeback and hits the the was it the moonsault outside and then threw Dakota into the moonsault again and ultimately get the victory. So wow EO Shirai looked like a total badass. And I loved her hand palm strikes, you know? Yeah oh yeah like slapping Dakota Yeah the hand face. jump the hard jumping palm strikes. And um after the match we saw Dakota come in and I'm not scared Dakota uh, uh Raquel come Maria. in well, attack EO, and then Rhea comes out, uh, kind of for the same, the big stare down, and like, wow, I, I didn't realize Rhea and Raquel were almost the same height, and just, uh, so it's kind of cool, like, Raquel's finally gonna get, like, you know, maybe her own little singles push now, singles run, instead of just being, uh, the diesel to Dakota's, uh, Shawn Michaels, so. Yeah, or, you know, she's like the bigger version of Sonya Deville. <laughs> yeah, so, so, uh, it, it, it'd be cool. So maybe for Rhea Ripley, you know, her f- next match she's done probably with the, dealing with the Robert Stone brand, which I was a little bummed because I thought maybe her and Mercedes could have like a, another match. Or she, she murdered Mercedes on, on NXT. <laughs> yeah, outside the ring at the power bomb. Shattered so. her skull. So, um, uh, 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 we saw EO celebrating Rhea that last shot. She was standing up on the ramp, just staring her down. So it's going to be interesting turn events as far as Rhea, maybe take on Raquel. She'll probably get the victory there. And then wants a title shot after that. So the women's division, they got some interesting things going on here moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, there a bunch of photos after, or after that little segment of, uh, EO celebrating in the ring. You can see Rhea on the ramp kind of staring EO down. So, so I I think you're right. We will probably get a couple of matches with uh, Raquel and Reyna, probably tag team matches with EO and Dakota involved. And then Rhea, like you said, will probably most likely move on to EO at some point. Yeah. And so I I think the big push is on to get Rhea back up to to stop to top status for NXT, you know, where she was uh, before WrestleMania played out. So, uh, yeah, this is still part of the build-up process getting Rhea back up in the main event scene. So, it's going to be interesting. And uh, last but not least was the main event for the night, the NXT Championship match. Woo! Champion Keith Lee taking on Karrion Cross. Um, I- I'll say this, my little disclaimer. Tommy and I, we were talking after the match last night, and we had our initial thoughts about it. But now, as some news came out afterwards, now it kind of explains why 
things played out the way it did, and that kind of maybe changed my thought a little bit of it. We'll get into that in a second. So, Richard, what was your kind of your initial takeaways from this main event here? Uh, first off, I I would like to say how absolutely stellar that video package is, mm-hmm. and that's probably the best video package I've seen since WrestleMania 17. My way for yeah. Rock and Austin. Yeah, that was just. I mean, that was movie quality good. Whoever um, did that should get a raise and been like, I'm surprised why not Raw and SmackDown do similar video packages like yeah. that. It, it's yeah. shocking to me. Blame Kevin Dunn. <laughs> but it's shocking. Like, whoever made that for NXT, it, kudos. If Triple H gave the green light on that, Shawn Michaels, Jeremy Borash, whoever made that happen, that was awesome. And that's, we should be seeing more of that. Like, especially when it comes to like the big four pay per views and the main event. Like yeah. even back in the day, remember when Shawn Michaels returned, uh, or had that like that one really great uh, video package? I think with the Undertaker, but like show the Elimination Chamber stuff and God, they just I mean, well, that was part of the thing I'm wondering because they were already in toss with Metallica. Is Metallica was going to play Undertaker to the ring at WrestleMania? Oh, really? So, yeah. So for AJ, him and oh, AJ. Oh, okay. So uh, I wonder if that was just the continuing conversation of, hey, we're not going to do it here. Can we use the song for Mania? We want to mm-hmm. do something with you. We got a, a, a takeover coming up. That's our big 30th takeover. Yeah. Um, well, also, I love, love that video package well, so much. Well, also, just because uh, Metallica is releasing S&M 2 uh, yeah. next weekend, to be exact. and we were uh, there for that concert. <laughs> yeah, so uh, 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 Moth in the Flame, they, they that was the, the theme song for this NXT, which was awesome. And so, obviously, that was the promo. So, Metallica's on a big promotion push right now, obviously, promoting the release of S&M 2. And uh, so... It's just very cool that Metallica and WWE have this partnership right now going. Obviously, it works both ways. They get the theme song for their pay-per-view, and then Metallica gets all the publicity for S&M 2 coming out next weekend. So it's so, uh, yeah. let, let me ask you for the match, because I was, I was kind of with you. You know, d- despite we find out the cross injures his shoulder yes. somewhere in the match. Yeah. But before that happens, I mean, cross smashing Lee's hand, and it's already something that, like, a story that's been told for a while now with, with Adam Cole and Keith Lee of the hand smash. Remember when Cole uh, smashed Keith Lee's hand when they had their, before they had their title match, and that was a, a story going into the title match that those two had. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't tell Cross got injured, which is crazy, because I I even took notes during the match, like Lee is struggling to keep up with Cross. Mm-hmm. And I felt like at times it looked like Cross was slowing his game down to match where Lee was at. Okay. So I was like, when you sent me a text about Cross, I was shocked to hear that he was the one that got hurt. Okay. Yeah. So well, it was just kind of, and we don't know the extent of it. Yeah. He's going in Monday for an MRI. So it might be a month, which, you know, easily he could hold the title for a month and not worry about it. But like, there was there were spots in that match because they kept telling that story of Cross trying to give him the Doomsday Saido and he couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. And then when he finally gets it, he only gets a two count. Mm-hmm. And you know the, the, it was it wasn't the best main event uh, takeover match, but it still felt like these guys are destroying each other. 
Yeah. So what I was alluding to earlier was I thought the main event was a little bit disappointing and didn't live up to the full hype that we saw, especially as you said, that Metallica video package. I was like, oh, my God. When I saw that, I was like, I cannot wait for this main we were event. hyped for it. Yeah, we were super excited. And then um, uh, before I finish, Tommy, so what were some of your thoughts, too? Because uh, you were talking we were talking last night. Like, what were you telling me last night? I was kind of just very disappointed in the match. I mean, I'm not going to take away the injury, what happened to him. Yeah, so I'll say this. So the disclaimer for Tommy and I, these are our initial thoughts before we found out the injury. So give your initial thoughts, and then we'll explain. Cause I, or go ahead, finish. Tell, tell me what you told me yeah. last night, Okay, and then we'll go into the injury part of it. I thought the match was kind of bland. Yeah. And I thought uh, just his facial expressions in that were just a little bit cartoony for me whose who's facial expression cross okay and i felt blasphemy <laughs> i'm sorry but it's just, <laughs> just kidding. i just felt that um well you know you you, you know last, I felt, night, you, last night you said parts of it felt I, a little boring if it was boring and um i felt keith i felt cross didn't like have a lot of that uh, just intensity, the violence, and you know, during mm-hmm. the match, and being like a murderer out but, there, yeah, just, just like attack. a psychopath out there. Okay, so well, I'm glad you. So, so no, Richard. So the reason I and, I want and, Tommy, and I also that. wanted to say that at times Cross kind of sells like a robot. Yeah, a little bit. So, like, okay. So the reason I want Tommy to say that. So these were our initial thoughts, him and I discussing last night. But now that we hear that Cross hurt his shoulder pretty early on in the match. That now kind of explains why the match turned out the way it did. Yeah. And so now knowing that, it's like, okay, that kind of explains it. It kind of gives him a pass a little bit, maybe how this match played out. So maybe early on, Keith Lee realized, okay, the guy I'm facing here hurt his shoulder. We cannot go 100% that we had planned here. So we got to adjust on the fly. So that kind of explains it. Because when your shoulder is out like that, I mean, God, that that's painful. And obviously, it's tough to lift someone, throw punches. I mean, the shoulder is a big part of, I think, people's wrestling just in general, especially carrying crosses style. So now, last night, I think I was, we were both being very critical of it. But now that we slept on it, we learned more about the injury. That yeah. kind of explains it. Okay, we can not be as harsh about this main event. Right. Like I said, the main event did not play out what we wanted to see. And now that makes sense why, but nonetheless, kudos to Karen cross for finishing this match, toughing it out as you know? hurt as he was. He's definitely won our respects in that aspect. As far right. as finishing yeah. the match and the yeah. show, um, I guess what, see now it's tough to kind of analyze it knowing yeah, it, it it wasn't their we know fault. The outcome now. Well, but it, it's tough to I think to be critical in some parts of it because yeah. they couldn't do anything. He was limited on what his moveset were if you have an injured shoulder. Right, right. So like part of it was I was hoping that this match we're going to see Karen Cross come out there, Richard, and be like this monster and just start beating the crap out of Keith. I Lee. wanted to see the mean streak in him. Well, and, I I think part of that though is you're telling a story because part of this, if you think about it. He or uh, Cross has never faced someone that size, yeah, with that athleticism. Mm-hmm. He's probably faced super heavyweight guys or heavyweight guys that yeah. are not as not athletic. You know? yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, Keith, part of Keith Lee's appeal is that he's 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 a freak athlete. The mm-hmm. guy should not move the way he does that size. Mm-hmm. Like, 
<laughs> he should move. You by looking at him, you'd think he moved like Bronson Reed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. But he's he's just such a because like the match when the match started, Keith went after him. It wasn't the other way around because a lot the first couple minutes of that match, it's a uh, cross covering up from Keith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I I would love to know where in that match he got the injury. Me too. And that's I, I rewatched the match this morning, and so I was trying to watch, and I noticed at least the last like quarter of the match, like Cross was just more favoring his shoulder and like his arm was against his waist a lot of the time. And there was one part where Keith Lee was about to drag him to the corner and you could tell he was going to grab his right arm, but then he quickly stopped and grabbed the left arm to grab. Cause so he heard his right shoulder look like the non tattoo side. The non-tatted. Okay. Yeah. So Keith was going to grab that, but then he grabbed his tatted up arm and used that to pull him. So you could tell Keith Lee knew what was going on. So, so, so and that's the one that he landed on with the sec with the finish with the doomsday from the second rope. Yeah, he landed on that yeah. shoulder. Well, even like towards the end, where they're on top of the rope there, and Karen's like just throwing these punches, but you can tell they're not very like hard yeah. hitting. They're just like like very soft, like just slaps. See, just see because when I'm wa- when I watched it the first time around, I'm just thinking like maybe he's just exhausted from lifting this guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I just felt like, but but it makes a lot of sense that he got hurt. It just it just was really hard to like make sense that he got hurt. Yeah. So for me, like, listen, it's it's tough to me to be super critical of this match now, yeah. knowing of the injury. So. Like, here's some of my initial thoughts before the injury or finding out about this injury happening. I just thought it never went to, like, second gear. I felt it was very slow pace most of the time. Even they're throwing the punches, like, when outside, when Keith Lee was against, the, as you said, the sneeze guard, and Karen was throwing these punches, and finally Keith moved his head, and he hit the, the plastic. Like, even those weren't, like, super hard-throwing punches. Um, and no one... I noticed... The the sneeze guard was just dangling there yeah, when, during the match. No one, no one could have just you know fixed it. You know, I don't know. But anyway, I'm just saying. Like, I just felt they were they were kind of slow paced the whole time, and I was like, wow, is Keith Lee gassed? Is carrying cross like holding back? I was just hoping, like you said, the story of Karen was going to be like this machine and like just start beating the crap out of Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. And there was one moment we saw Keith Lee finally start like hulking up when he was in that sleeper hold. Yeah. Um, but it didn't really pay off too much. Right. So like I said, it's super tough to me to analyze this knowing that the injury, so the injury, it just kind of threw this whole match out the window as far as probably what the story they were going to try to tell. But I just say this, I was hoping, and maybe we'll get this down the road if both are healthy as far as carrying cross coming out there. I would like to see more of the hard hitting, just laying into Keith Lee. What he typically does. Yeah, lay yeah. into him. That he, you know, Keith Lee can't. Uh, obviously, yeah, Keith Lee is his monster himself that Karen's never faced. So, like, he'll go and dish out these big power moves on the Karen Cross, and Karen Cross will be a little startled. But then Karen Cross will snap out of it and be like a maniac Terminator slash killing machine going in there, beating the crap out of him. It, it, but it, I felt like there was a lot of rest holds or submission type holds. And so that's why I felt like the match kind of slowed down at some parts. And now maybe it makes sense because he's injured. So he's like, let's just lay here for a bit. I don't know. It, yeah, it's, it's just a way to stall, you know, kind of. It, well, like, like, let's look at the best case scenario here, right? That Cross Cross is able to come back in a couple weeks. Yeah. He can still be on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just won't be wrestling, which is fine because they haven't been using him as a wrestler that often anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
because you can easily have him. You can have Scarlet. You can have, you know, like the 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 scene a week or so ago of the wreckage backstage with the bodies laid out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because you could have something where it's Scarlet and she took out Mia Yim to provoke Keith Lee, since Killer Cro- or no, God damn it, Karrion Cross <laughs> isn't going to lay hands on her. Uh, Scarlet can do something like that, so they can build. Because I think Keith is probably going to stick uh, stick around till the Royal Rumble, and I think there's potential that he wins the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if yeah. you have if you have Keith around the next couple months till January to feud with Cross one way or another, uh, you build up Cross as legit. Yeah. And okay. uh, you you get the the better payoff from TakeOver 30 with those two down the road. I guess what I was hoping for also is, okay, Dominic Dijakovic was very much a part of the video package and part of this storyline. They hardly talked about him at all in this match. He, I thought he was going to make an appearance. He didn't make an appearance. I thought, I, I'm with you. I thought that he was going to make an appearance or Ciampa. Yeah, Especially exactly. Especially when they had the Ciampa return video earlier in the night. Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, they're going to swerve us. He's going to screw Cross out of the title. Yeah, like, like, you know the the uh, uh, crosses past haunting him and ultimately affecting the outcome here. But also, I was kind of hoping like that maybe Cross would start beating the crap out of Keith Lee and says, "You like that? This is what I did to your friend Dominic." And you know, like kind of just laying into him, and be like, "You like this? This uh, uh, like kind of reminding Keith Lee, like you know what I can do, and like I'm gonna beat you up like I beat up Dominic Dijakovic, your boy, and like just kind of." Remind, like showing a little more personality in that sense and i guess moving forward and this all depends on the mri and if he's going to be gone for a long time or not i i hope yeah maybe depending on how severe the injury is if yeah he can just rehab and just stay off not wrestle but be on tv still or i hope it's not the worst case scenario where he actually may have to get surgery and be gone for a while maybe you have to vacate the title who knows but um i i I want to see moving forward more of Karen Cross's personality. We haven't heard a lot. Yeah, they, they, they haven't given him a lot of mic time, and that's actually one of his strongest points is his mic work. Exactly. And so I, I want to learn more about him and Scarlett in the ring on the mic. I know he's great at doing video packages on social media and whatnot. I just kind of want to learn more about who they are, what their purpose is. Yeah, more speaking and just not be known more as just this, this couple has a great ring entrance like i want to learn more of karen cross because listen he was the big free agent signing in the last year so now moving forward i want to see what all this hype was and remind people or show people what was so great about him that we didn't see uh you know in impact wrestling or other promotions he's worked at so i just kind of want to see what all the hubbub is about karen cross so that's ultimately what i'm getting at and so like i said like i had a lot of talking points about that main event but i feel like all of it's out the window now because of this injury yeah well and, let, me, let me ask you then what was your reaction when he won i was not surprised i was like all yeah, right but yeah. then i was like cool but then at the same time i was a little bit they're putting the rocket on him, and I think we talked about this before. I was a little worried about him getting his main event match, championship match, so early in his NXT run. Yes. I thought they could easily – they should have Keith Lee and Cross on these parallel paths, each doing their thing, respectively, tearing up, beating up people, and build up to a matchup maybe in November or Royal Rumble weekend in January. So like more of a slow build, but the fact that- – Here's a question I want to pose to you because I had this thought last night. 
Do you think it was a mistake having Adam Cole not lose the belt to Keith Lee maybe a month and a half before? Where so me- Keith Lee could have been the champion a month and a half longer than he was. Okay, and that's I'm glad you brought that up. That's I was going to say, let's let's reflect now on Keith Lee's championship run. So he won at what? Uh, Great American Bash. So he's what, like six weeks ago now. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it sucks that Keith Lee, it feels like ultimately he was just a quick transitional champion. Yeah. And it kind of seems foolish now that he gave up the North American championship so fast now. <laughs> so now he has no titles. He has nothing now. So I wonder what that could mean for him. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's probably going to maybe, maybe on Raw or SmackDown very soon now. But yeah, I'm with you. It, it, it's, it, it seems like a very quick transition from Adam Cole to Karrion Cross as far as the championship. So I hate to see, think of Keith Lee as a paper champion, but as you said before, baby faces don't have long title reigns in NXT. It's always about the heels and having the baby face go on the journey to get there. Yeah, it's like it's always been like that in the NWA. Yeah, it's always that's the great storytelling there. So, yeah. I, I mean, listen, I love Keith Lee. We all love Keith Lee. Yeah, and I, yeah. He's he's gonna have a bright future with WWE, and well, Vince loves him. Hold on, hold on a second, hold on a second. This goes to a conversation we had last week. Mm-hmm. What happens tonight? On SummerSlam, if Randy Orton beats Drew McIntyre for that world title, you might have a new opponent in Keith Lee come Monday. Ooh, so mm. you're predicting that quickly. Yeah. It could. Okay. Hey, mm. <laughs> another reason why you got to tune in every week and yeah. see how this plays out. Yeah. I mean, they just did that thing yesterday or the day before where they put out a video of Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre working out Sparring. together. Yeah. Maybe that's a precursor to them having a match to determine who's going to get Randy Orton later. Yeah. Man, I don't know. It, mm. Dude, dude mm. it's a great thing about wrestling, all these different combinations of how things could play out. It, it, it's cool. I uh, Very interesting. I mean, so maybe let let's yeah maybe let's see how this plays out. But I think when we have more time, we can really reflect on Keith Lee's time in NXT slash championship reign. I uh, I mean, I kind of feel bad for him how short it was, but yeah. nonetheless, it, it's all part of the the, the bigger storyline here, and, and I'm sure all this is part of a purpose. But who knows? I mean, hypothetically, if Karrion Cross has a really bad injury and he's going to be out for a long time, he's going to have to give up that championship, unfortunately, and. You know, who who knows how NXT is going to pivot from that? And they'll probably have a tournament. Yeah, a tournament. Maybe Keith Lee can win that and get it right back. I don't know. I mean, yeah. we're all just speaking very early before we're we all know speculating how the MRA plays out. So, yeah. man, but yeah, no. Nonetheless, the match, the main event, like you said, was a little underwhelming. Yeah, and like I said, I could be, we could be super critical of it, but we can't because now we know he was hurt. So. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, but here, here's here's the thing. I, I tore my left meniscus in my knee playing hockey years ago. Mm-hmm. And I had the option of you can get surgery uh-huh. and or you can stay off of it for two months, two or three months. I don't yeah. remember what it was. Yeah. The beauty of NXT, and apparently they're going to be taping some stuff coming up. I don't remember if they said for September or November. But yeah, they, they, they've that, been taping. That much. Yeah. Yeah. But um, – that's kind of the beauty of NXT is like with especially with these video packages and the cinematic stuff. Mm-hmm. You could still do something with Cross cinematically and get a match out of it where it's not like he hasn't defended the title in X amount of days. Yeah. Therefore, he's stripped. You could still put something together cinematically because that was one of the the greatest things at Impact for for his stint there 
you know, there's even a point where he took the Sandman and locked him in a broom closet, waterboarded him. Oh my so, god! <laughs> like you can do stuff with Cross still. With now that we've introduced the cinematic world, mm-hmm. I mean, we we all watched the Undertaker uh, Last Ride series, and they they even say in that where remember when he punched the window for the the Boneyard match, mm-hmm. and it, they're pulling they stopped the match for filming to pull out the glass, and it's like yeah. You could work around an injury like that with uh, with Cross in a month, a month's time. You give him a few weeks to rest up, but I mean, it's not like there's another takeover in a month, you know? Yeah, they, they spread the takeovers out uh, every like, generously. Three. Yeah, which is great, a smart move. I mean, I kind of wish WWE would pull back from the number of pay per views they have and yeah, go maybe Plus, like like when uh, Shayna had the women's belt. How often would we actually even see her on TV? Like. You'd build up a couple of weeks with the out even seeing her for a build up to a number one contender. And what's even back with the old school NXT days when it was just an hour long on the network? It was just, it was great. Like, you would not get burnt out of these characters. You would see them yep. once every two, three, four weeks. So when they did appear, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'd and- see a Nakamura promo week one and by week two he has a match even though they was filmed the same night yeah yeah i mean that was a great thing about the old nxt schedules yeah and they could film like a three or four hour time period and get the next month of matches all set up so uh and that's one thing you know we talked about this a long time ago when they were going to usa network that i kind of fear of them going live is okay you gotta do a two-hour show every week now live kind of worried that they might burn out some of these characters like like we oversee them oversaturate but but yeah no and that's the case but in the pandemic area yeah they can pre-record a lot of stuff so with cross depending on the severity of the injury and what the course they want to go as far as healing up process if if they want to if he's able to stay champion and pre-record a bunch of stuff that'll be interesting i'm with you i hurt my shoulder really bad years ago when i was playing basketball and I, I didn't get surgery or anything. I just kind of rehabbed it uh, with the trainer and stuff. And I, I think I missed a couple games, but I came back. Unfortunately, to this day, I still have the occasional shoulder injury. Like, it, it, it's very loose. Like, the tendons are not super strong. So, yeah. if I move or jerk my body too fast, it could pop out still. That's uh, what she said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thank you, Michael to. Scott. So, that's what Scar- Scarlet and Cross are going to say to each other now. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, looking back on it, I mean, I don't know if I could have had surgery to maybe strengthen it. Or, but then if I had surgery, I wouldn't my season would have been done and I would have been gone for a long time. So I think it just depends on cross and what he wants to do. You can rehab your shoulder and still compete. So I don't know. It'd be, we all depends on the MRI, but like I said, I just, despite the injury, I just want to see more of cross and what his style is of wrestling and what his, his wrestling style is different from Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, kind of like the, the type of wrestling we've seen at previous takeovers with the matches that they've done. So he, he's, he's an MMA fighting Randy Orton. He's amazing. Yeah. Like, so, and I have not seen too much of that. So I don't know. I don't have as much knowledge that you have. So, yeah. And I felt we haven't, here. we haven't seen it yet. So, like I said, I still want to be optimistic and I'm not going to be super critical of his style until I get to see it fully play out. Cause let's be honest, his initial run so far is squash matches and just trying to set him up at who he is as this monster of a character. Then once a plenty of times gone by, then you kind of bring him back down to earth a little bit and kind of see more of his matches against 
opponents that can really go toe to toe with him. So, like I said, I, I I don't expect Gargano Adam Cole type matches from Karrion Cross, but I still want to see more from him, and hopefully this injury doesn't prevent from us seeing that uh, sooner than later. So. Yeah. Nonetheless, hey, so very fun show of NXT TakeOver. Yeah. Come on. Anytime we get an NXT TakeOver, it's always going to be a fun weekend for us wrestling fans. And we're always going to be thrilled to watch. Yeah. And then uh, later on today, we're going to watch SummerSlam. We'll do a separate review for that. And uh, let's go home for tonight on that note. Richard, where can all the clicksters find you online? You can only find me on Instagram <laughs> at pro underscore wrestling underscore 101. Mm-hmm. And please give our uh, theme music band, Bounty Hunter Brothers, a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Tommy, where can the Clicksters find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at IronFist1982. Awesome. I'm Baby Huey. Follow me on Facebook at Baby Huey Official. Just curious how many people still use Facebook on the regular, though. That's a whole separate thing. But uh, yeah, Instagram and Twitter at BabyHuey83, at InTheClick, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as well. Please like, follow, subscribe there. Also, subscribe to our YouTube page at InTheClick. And I got all the highlights there. And uh, yeah, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Please rate, comment, share the podcast with your family and friends and fellow wrestling people that you know. And leave a comment. Those comments do help because I think if anyone's scrolling through trying to find a new podcast to listen to, if they read your comments and reviews, it gives people a motivation to uh, subscribe to us. So thank you in advance for doing that. All right. On that note, let's go home for tonight. And that's the bottom line because Huey said so. <laughs>